This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Meal Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Meal Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia. You can find it online at www.mealtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog www.mealtribune.com forward slash whole dish. Springtime tends to be the high season for brunch, starting, of course, with Easter when it's a very popular meal and extending through Mother's Day and Father's Day. There are plenty of stories circulating in food publications this time of year about some of the best brunch recipes, make-ahead brunch recipes, and so it tends to be on people's minds. I happen to love brunch. (laughs) I'm one of those people that when I get up and just starting to wake up, get my first cup of coffee, prefer to just kind of nibble on something a little sweet with that, the first thing that hits my stomach. But it isn't too long before I'm ready for something savory. And, you know, as as the day wears on, even if I love having eggs, kind of kind of midday, you know, late morning to midday. And I was fortunate enough to be invited to a really lovely brunch a weekend or so ago. And it was hosted at a farm. It was sort of combined a work party for the spring planting season with some really, really delicious dishes prepared with farm fresh ingredients. And one of the items that was presented is sort of a classic vegetarian dish, at least in my mind, and it's borrowed from traditional Greek cuisine. This particular gathering happened to be hosting people with some diverse dietary requirements, vegetarian, vegan, and gluten-free. And so to accommodate all of that, there were several versions of this dish, spanakopita. They can be individual turnovers almost or layered on a baking dish, but it usually layers spinach or some other kind of greens and ricotta cheese or another kind of like soft white cheese, usually bound together with some eggs. And the main feature of it, of course, is the phyllo pastry, which bakes up just light and crunchy. It's this beautiful contrast to these very tender ingredients um, layered inside. There were at least a couple of people who maybe hadn't tried this dish before, weren't very familiar with it, who wondered, well, how do you make phyllo pastry? And I'm thinking to myself, well, if you make it by hand, um, almost nobody makes it by hand these days, according to what I've seen on food travel shows. The finest examples in Greek bakeries are extraordinarily labor-intensive and involve um, stretching this tissue-thin layer of dough out over a very large work surface. Um, it's often a cold like stone slab of some kind. And of course, that is a very, very notable exception. It's almost always made um, under mechanization. It's widely available frozen in most grocers freezer sections which is where I've purchased it for years and it's great to keep on hand it can be used 
in a variety of dishes, sweet or savory, and a recipe that I have most recently posted to my blog for chicken and rice strudel. The pretty simple concept, basically just dressing up and sort of extending cooked chicken and rice, maybe even leftover, in um, a phyllo pastry, incorporating a little bit of cheese, some Italian seasoning, salt and pepper. It's a very, very simple recipe. I think there's maybe only eight or nine ingredients, and it does come together pretty quickly. That is on my current blog, www.mealtribune.com forward slash whole dish from the St. Louis Post Dispatch. It would make sort of unusual brunch option, but one that I particularly like to prepare using phyllo pastries even more is quiche with a phyllo crust. Instead of using the typical pie dough um, or even puff pastry, which I have blogged before about using puff pastry in a tart pan with a removable bottom for a lot of my quiche in recent years. Um, the phyllo crust really adds a nice kind of unexpected element to quiche. I prepared this a few years back for a brunch that I was hosting. It was summertime. We had a lot of zucchini in the garden. And so inside this phyllo crust, which is many layers of the dough, which again are like tissue thin, placed one on top of the other with melted butter brushed in between. You have to layer up, you know, about 10 or so of those before you actually form of an equal thickness to a pie crust for this quiche. I filled that with shredded zucchini that I had actually salted to remove some of the water and also because zucchini on its own is very bland it's hard to season it um, when you have a very large quantity of it and it's going to be a, a major component of a dish so I mixed that shredded and salted and squeezed out some of the water after that shredded zucchini had sat with the salt on it for about 10 minutes or so mixed that with freshly grated lemon zest fresh mint and ricotta cheese, which, and I also put some feta cheese in that as well, <laughs> evoke that classic Greek cuisine. Of course, zucchini is not in season yet, and perished the thought that I would buy zucchini before I have way more than I know what to do with. So I'm, I'm happy to hold off until summertime on the zucchini filling. But in the meantime, I did post a recipe two years ago for asparagus quiche with a phyllo crust. And I'm going to share that recipe in this podcast. It's a nice um, option for springtime brunches. Mother's Day or Father's Day is coming up as well. Locally grown asparagus is still usually pretty widely available into June. And this is how that comes together. Asparagus quiche with phyllo crust. Start by preheating the oven to 350 degrees and you need a nine inch deep dish pie plate for this. You also need eight sheets of phyllo dough that have been thawed because as we mentioned, it almost exclusively is available frozen. Many more than eight sheets come in the package, so you will have leftover phyllo. It really doesn't hurt to build this crust up by 
a couple additional layers. I think it could be, you know, eight to 10 personally here, but you want to make sure that you've set this phyllo pastry out far enough ahead that it's thawed. Usually it thaws overnight in the refrigerator. First, you're going to mix up the egg filling. And so in a, in a medium bowl, whisk together four large eggs, one cup of milk. This recipe also calls for a half a cup of half and half. But if you wanted to simply use whole milk, you could just make that one and a half cups whole milk because the original recipe is calling for a cup of low fat milk, half a cup of half and half, one and a quarter cups of cheese. Now this is calling for Italian blend cheese, but I think you could use a wide variety of cheeses here. Anything from cheddar to Swiss. Havarti cheese is a particularly lovely cheese and it does have a strong flavor. So I might combine maybe just a half a cup of that with a cup of less um, distinctive cheese, like maybe a mozzarella or a provolone. Remember, these recipes are adaptable to what you prefer and what you have on hand. You're also going to season that with some dried Italian seasoning or whatever fresh herbs you have on hand. If you grow herbs, consider thyme in this, chives in this, tarragon would be lovely. A half a teaspoon dried seasoning or about a tablespoon fresh, I would say, fresh chopped herbs of your choice. Three tablespoons flour, you mix that in, and salt and pepper to taste. Set that aside. So here's where you start working with the phyllo. And the important thing with phyllo is to keep it damp when it's it's not being actively handled. So you have your stack of phyllo. And most recipes recommend sort of folding it into a very lightly damp kitchen towel. You don't want it sopping wet because that will make it fall apart. But it just, it needs that moisture so the phyllo itself doesn't crumble and fall apart. You also need to have melted three tablespoons of unsalted butter. And that's what you're going to brush between each layer of phyllo dough. So working with one sheet at a time, brush it lightly using a pastry brush with a layer of the melted butter, sort of cover it all over. Put it in the nine inch pie plate in, in the center, allowing at least one inch to overhang the edge. Now you're gonna sort of um, offset these sheets so the corners are all pointing outward almost kind of looks flower petals if you can imagine that with all these little corners hanging over the edge just gonna kind of shift each sheet as you layer it in so you build up a layer with points overhanging the pan brush another sheet of phyllo with the melted butter and place it um, crosswise as I mentioned sort of diagonally it's a little <laughs> it's hard to describe it's just easier to do it on top of the first sheet of pastry and continue with that brushing the sheets with melted butter layering them in this fashion just sort of shifting each one slightly so the points continue to overhang the outside edge of the pan the overhang or just make it you know 
follow the contour as easily as you can. You don't really have to fold it over so much as just um, like build up the thickness of the crust, how a pie crust typically would look. Brush that with the melted butter. You bake that, you're going to par bake it in the preheated oven for six to eight minutes before you add any of the, the other filling. And while that's baking in a small skillet, heat about two teaspoons of olive oil. You're going to have cut about eight spears of asparagus into one inch pieces. It's going to measure about one and a half cups. Saute those in the skillet with the olive oil over about medium heat for three to five minutes until it's just barely tender. Remember these vegetables are going to continue to cook in the filling in the quiche in the oven. To the skillet, add one and a half cups frozen leaf spinach that's been thawed and the liquid has been squeezed out of. I do like frozen spinach as fillings in quiche and in spanakopita simply because the texture is more uniform and it forms just a, um, a thicker more distinctive layer than fresh spinach leaves do but everyone has their preferences you could also use fresh spinach for this one and a half cups and add that to the skillet with the asparagus saute for two minutes or until the fresh spinach is is wilted or the frozen spinach is almost dry season with salt and pepper to taste the phyllo crust should be par baked at this point after six to eight minutes remove it from the oven and spoon the the asparagus spinach mixture into the bottom of the crust and then pouring that egg mixture over the vegetables. This calls for four thin tomato slices arranged over the vegetables. Of course, fresh tomatoes aren't in season this early in the year unless you happen to pick up hydroponic tomatoes. The some of the farmer's markets, which I certainly have seen. I mean, they're greenhouse grown, but that's about as, as fresh and local as it gets. I would also consider here roasted, jarred red bell peppers instead of the fresh tomatoes and sun-dried tomatoes that have been packed in, in olive oil are also a nice alternative to fresh tomatoes if you're just not inclined to buying fresh tomatoes when they're out of season which I'm not. Arrange those, whether you've chosen maybe the bell peppers, the sun-dried tomatoes as well, as well over the center of the quiche, and then arrange eight asparagus spears in a circular pattern, um, kind of fanning those out around the tomato slices. So return this to the preheated oven for 30 to 35 minutes or until it's set and slightly puffy if the edges are starting to brown too quickly, cover them loose with a foil or um, a guard if you have one for pie plates, which I do. Those are very handy. And you, you want the filling to be set but not dry. Um, don't overbake this. Dry quiche is, is definitely not as delicious as a nice creamy egg filling. So watch it closely and insert a knife in the center to see when it just comes out without any liquid egg on it. Again, that should be 30 to 35 minutes. And when the filling's set, remove it from the oven, 
let it sit for 10 minutes before slicing and serving. And that should make um, about eight slices from a nine inch pie pan. So that's asparagus quiche with phyllo crust. You can find that recipe on my blog by searching the archives on the right hand side of the page at www.mealtribune.com forward slash whole dish. There's a drop down menu and you can simply select May 2016. And this post was from May 9th. You see it part way down the page if you pull up May 2016 at www.mailtribune.com forward slash whole dish.